Kyle Shanahan still displaying his ownership over rival Sean McVay in the Los Angeles Rams in the regular season. 49ers defeat the Los Angeles Rams 30-23. Our instant reaction, game balls, everything from week two. Coming at you right now. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Shout out to all the everydayers out there. Make sure you are one. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Today's post-game episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Big win, Croc. Uh, a, a real big W for the San Francisco 49ers to start the season 2-0. and And in some ways, an ugly win. And I think that's kind of an important thing for the 49ers to be able to do because it's always not going to be as easy and as pretty as that week one complete domination over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now they did a terrific job. And I think for a San Francisco 49ers, again, it, it, it's not even so much about the regular season. It's more so about the adversities and different things that you face and how do you overcome it? And at a time where, and I know we'll kind of dive into the specifics of this game where, but you know, Matthew Stafford, he was very efficient in the first half. And it's like, okay, how do we stop these guys? How do we stop this? Uh, Puka Nakua, Nakua guy, and how do we end up kind of, you know, getting our defense to get some stops there? So uh, looking at how they were able to fight through adversity, fight through some missed throws, which I'm pretty sure we'll talk about as well, I think they checked the box in the we can win ugly uh, box you know yeah yeah no it's important you have to win a lot of different ways you got to win when it's a physical battle right a black and blue game you got to win when things are going fast and there's a team with a lot of speed on you you've got to win a game when maybe some of your players aren't playing your best or maybe you get behind because of some turnovers or the ball bounces funny or whatever it is and you know with familiar foes uh in in and you see this a lot around the league the 49ers are a lot better football team than the los angeles rams but the rams are, are well coached and when you're a well-coached team inside the division, you know your opponent so well. Those games tend to be really close and, and really tight in a lot of cases. And you see a really good team in the NFL. That's why nobody ever goes undefeated, you know, because there's always like, you know, you have that one in-division loss because the team just knows you really well and you're not going to go through and just kill your division opponents twice a year every single time, even if you are a better football team. Um, and, yeah, as, as it is put here in the chat, ugly win is much better than – a, a pretty loss. And I totally agree there. I want to start with the quarterbacks and uh 49ers quarterback, Brock Purdy, Isaiah in the chat says bad Purdy is better than bad Jimmy. And I don't know if this was even bad Purdy. We just seen so little of Brock Purdy misfiring through his NFL career. Uh, and, and we haven't seen that many games of him, you know? And so he missed a few throws in this one, but I mean, if this is the worst Brock Purdy's going to be, the 49ers are in great shape because he was still not bad at all. It was just weird because, we, you know, we haven't really seen bad Brock Purdy show up and we haven't really even seen him miss some throws like he did in this one. I would say this is this was bad Purdy. It was probably the, the, the 
most inaccurate I've seen him. It started off like one of his first throws or completions to George Kittle on an out where you have him open to the sideline, just kind of lead him there. And he threw it completely behind George Kittle where he kind of had to make this diving backwards catch. And I saw him do that to Debo Samuel later in the game. And then obviously the missed three passes uh, vertically down the field. You know, one to Brandon Ayuk should have been a touchdown. One to Debo Samuel should have been a touchdown. One to Jawan Jennings where it wasn't as easy of a throw as the others, but it was definitely open, especially in the NFL terms. Uh, so some inaccurate throws to Debo Samuel on third down, throwing it far behind him as well. So in the sense of him playing well, I'd say no, but it doesn't matter. The fact that he was able to overcome that adversity, Kyle was able to start to put him in advantageous situations. Let's throw some screens at Debo Samuel, get the ball in his hands behind the line of scrimmage, make some guys move, then start to make some completions when he needs to make those throws. Uh, that intermediate, that what, 15 to 20 yard range to Brandon Ayuk over the middle. We started to see that. So I like it. Again, I talked about being able to face adversity. I thought Purdy faced it, and I thought he did a really good job of combating it. I never saw him start to get gun shy or think, you know what, let me get a little skittish in the pocket. I did not see that from him. I saw a guy who kept coming, kept firing, and when he wasn't playing fast, when he didn't have his fastball, still figured out a way to where, dang, this team is going to put up 30 points. I think that's terrific. And I mean, it can always be worse because there was not a lot of turnovers, right? I mean, that's when it gets really bad for a quarterback. Missing, you know, throwing some in, incompletions is one thing, but, you know, throwing the ball to the other team and giving them the ball back and, and turning the ball over is when it can get really bad. So I didn't have a problem at all with the way Brock Purdy played. And by the way, speaking of the the, the uh, Jimmy Garoppolo comparison with, with Purdy, didn't one of those, especially the Debo miss, didn't that look awful familiar? <sighs> Don't do that to the 49er fans. <laughs> that was Faithful, uh, cover your ears. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone had to be thinking it when they saw that. I was like, wait a second. Same route, same miss, same spot. Um, so, yeah. Look. Shout out to Debo on that, right? So, let's talk about it, okay? Debo Samuel did a really good job of moving the defensive back off of his spot. He was facing press coverage, and he had a really nice, what they call kind of is more like a diamond release. A lot of times you see it on the slant. But he pushed outside, moving the defensive back came back inside, stacked the defensive back, which basically means like it was able to get on top of him and then just accelerated past the DB. So uh, Debo Samuel, he's probably as thin and as fast as we've seen him. I still think for some reason, and this just might be Debo, I don't think he's in great shape. Like he still gets tired. Like it's like one play, boom. I just, you know, we've watched a lot of Travis Hunter over the last few weeks and he's playing like 160 snaps and he's like, I don't get tired. Debo, one play and, and that might exert a little bit of you know energy and he's kind of like okay let me get to the sideline you see him kind of take that knee they squirt the water bottle in his mouth and then he ends up eventually come back on the field so outside of his conditioning i think just from a pure like speed standpoint uh how he looks i think this is the best version of him we've seen probably since his rookie year Brock Purdy, by the way, 17 of 25 passing 206 yards uh he still had a 93.1 quarterback rating and only sacked one time. They didn't give him one of his touchdown passes. They they counted as a run to Debo. Yeah, I swear I, it was not behind the line of scrimmage. I, I mean, I didn't think it was a backwards throw. Did they change that? I could have swore they gave it to him first as a reception. Maybe they changed it later. But yeah, Debo Samuel, five carries for 38 yards and, and the touchdown. He also had six catches. So 11 total touches for right around 100 yards for Debo Samuel with the 63 receiving yards, the 38 
uh, rushing yards, and he did get in the end zone, whether it was a, a pass or a run, and uh, in, in very Debo Samuel fashion. Fantastic play there. Debo loves playing the Rams, man. Yeah, he does. Christian McCaffrey, 20 carries, 116 yards, and a touchdown. A lot of success running to the left side of that offensive line earlier on in the game. Uh, the Rams did a pretty good job bottling it up, though, after the 51-yard scamper from Christian McCaffrey. Um, can we just say, like, about the only negative thing I can come up with in this game, like, you know, Brock Purdy misfired a few times, but I, I thought he was still good and he was still fine. Like I said, if that's the worst Brock Purdy, Niners going to be in really good shape. He wasn't turning the ball over. But Christian McCaffrey, again, with 20 carries and, and three receptions for 19 yards. So almost 50 touches in two weeks for Christian McCaffrey. No other running back saw the field at all. And you got a game in four days. Like at some point, like Chris McCaffrey can't carry the ball again 20 more times on Thursday, right? Like, so Kyle's got to use some other running backs and they're good players. So that's just a little, that's a little odd right now, the way this season has started with some opportunity, uh, you know, with, with these games late, especially last week to give McCaffrey a little bit of a breather with a Thursday nighter coming up. 2021 Elijah Mitchell's rookie year. He was coming off of, I want to say maybe even missing a game where he was banged up. He had rib issues, knee issues, finger issue. I think it was the finger that actually held him out of the previous game. But he plays against the Rams. The 49ers win by three scores. And Elijah Mitchell has 27 carries in a game that they won by three scores. He's banged up. He's hurt going into that game. And he's kind of just trying to figure out how to get through it. And Kyle runs him a ton of times. If there is anything negative that you could say about, you know, there's, I mean, we can point at different things, whatever. This was a very good game in the sense of, you're, first of all, you won your first two road games. Let's talk about that. All right. You're winning on the road. I did air quotes if you're listening to the audio version because it is still Levi South. You got a lot of red in the stands, but it's technically it's a road game. You're, everything isn't, you're not at home. You're not doing that whole thing. So all that stuff is awesome. But Kyle, Elijah Mitchell is a good running back. Utilize him in a game like this to where you're not just breaking down everything that Christian McCaffrey is. And every time he runs the ball, you just open up an opportunity for him to get rolled up on. So get him, get him touches. And if, you know, it's a point in the game where it's like, man, we just have to keep him on the field. I understand. But when you're up two scores, keep your guys healthy, man. Yep. And I think when we talk about the 49ers running backs and how many running backs they, they, go, they go through, this might have something to do with it, running them at sometimes unnecessary times. Yeah, you got to be smart because you got to win games now, but you're trying to win games in January too. This is a team ready to make a run at the postseason, so you got to be healthy when you get there. How um, good is Jordan Mason? Like, player. Jordan Mason can run the rock, right? Like, he, yeah. He, yeah. You, you want to, you know, kill clock at the end of a game? You want somebody that's going to power through and kind of break down that D-line? We can't. You can't give him five carries in a game? And he did a good job in that closer role last year too. So I, I want to see it again. Uh, we got to move they on. Use Debo in that role, and that's the now that's the Debo has gotten hurt. Debo has gotten banged up. Yeah. You talked about how many carries he had in his game. Some of them were just straight out the backfield, and it's like you have other guys that yeah. can help you with that. So they just this is not me complaining about play calling or the the personnel or anything like that. I just want to see them keep Debo and Christian McCaffrey healthy because clearly the offense, most of the offense is going to go through them for the entire season. And if something happens to those guys, the, the offense might not look exactly the same. 
Yep, absolutely. I, I totally agree there. Okay, next. I want to talk a little bit about Stafford and that connection with Puka Nakua. Who is this guy, Puka Nakua? And, of course, we got to give out some game balls from this week two win. Next. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And what better place to go than the place where job seekers already are, right? I'm on LinkedIn. You're on LinkedIn. Everyone's on LinkedIn already. So just add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. And then that spreads the word that you're hiring. And then use simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on just the right candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. You know, I made a little money on prize picks on today's games and uh, have a tons of fun every week playing prize picks. And you can, too, win up to 25 times your money, by the way, this football season with prize picks. And it's super easy to play. Daily fantasy made easy. You just select two or more players and you pick more or less on their projected stats and then place your entry. You can place those entries in less than 60 seconds, just a few little taps and you pick your more than and less thans versus the stats, and you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Croc and I have a lot of fun. We were actually off the air before we started talking about our, our prize picks plays that we were playing this week. So, uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey, he was big for me today, and Puka Nakua, I had the more than as well on him. So, uh, yeah, 49ers, Rams game paying off. And Prize Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday and Prize Picks discounts. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL to play and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL or download the app and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks daily fantasy sports made easy. Okay, how about Matthew Stafford? I thought he was dealing early in the game, and that, to to really, to be honest, the two biggest plays in the game were the two turnovers. And I talked about how Purdy wasn't bad because he wasn't turning the ball over. And one of those turnovers for Matthew Stafford, Croc, wasn't his fault. Went right off his running back's hands, and that was huge because they were like surprisingly, the Rams were just rolling down the field on the 49ers pretty early in that game. And that was huge for the 49ers to get that turnover. And sometimes it's it's better to be lucky than good in some ways. And and then, you know, later on in the game, uh, Debo made a great play. And I love that you brought up the route technique from Debo on one of his routes because Puka Nakua, as good as he was in this game, he didn't run that route great and gave Demo an opportunity to undercut the route and get that interception. So that, that can be the difference when you're talking about a guy that's, you know, widening, widening out uh, the DB, you know, and is in the right place when he's running his routes, it can make a big difference. And, and we saw that on that play. Uh, Matthew Stafford though, 
He chucked the ball 55 times, Croc. 34 of 55 passing for 307 yards. Niners didn't give up any big plays, which was huge. Everything was kind of underneath. Everything was in soft spots of the zones. And he ended up uh, throwing those two interceptions, one touchdown for Matthew Stafford. I don't know if the stat line really tells the story, uh, but he was he was picking apart the 49ers' zone coverages. Yeah, he did a good job. And I thought the 49ers definitely played a little soft early on. And, you know, we get tagged on social media. Anytime people have questions, shout out to everybody that follows us on Twitter. And I love seeing the questions. But sometimes when y'all have questions, I have questions as well. And I'm trying to figure it out. I, I don't know if it's the way that they are taught to play and if they're expecting a certain thing up front. And if so, I think that starts with Nick Bosa, right? Uh, we have built this, in, and when I say we, I mean the 49ers, have built this entire defense around the ability of Nick Bosa and what he brings. Then you bring guys like Hargraves, and you bring guys like, you know, you have guys like Armstead, and, and then you have Drake Jackson. What are you going to get from him? But you are counting on Nick Bosa looking like Nick Bosa. So he can get to the quarterback and rush the quarterback. So now we can either sit off, but we can play a little bit more aggressive. But he's going to move guys off of his spot, make them uh, throw before they want to, speed up their time clock. When Bosa is kind of out of shape, out of game shape, like he's out of he's not out of shape in the sense of comparing him to Eric Crocker or Brian Peacock, but yeah, game so. shape. He's just not there yet. And you see him on the side and he's kind of winded. We saw last week, got pancake a couple times, right? Like he, he's not quite there yet. I think it hurts the back end guys because they're not special. And we've talked a lot about that this offseason. Whereas like they do things that they do very well. I think a lot of it's predicated on Nick Bosa looking like Nick Bosa. And right now, he's probably a game or so away from that. So you see the, the defense, how they typically want to play. We can't do that style. So shout out to Wilkes because he did a great adjustment. He said, you know what? We're going to show cover zero. We're going to show that we're blitzing. We're going to show that we're sending guys. And we are going to send guys, but then we might drop guys in coverage. And I think that in, ended up ultimately helping guys on the back end because early on, they played it soft. They were, you know – giving up catches in front of them. I talk a lot about reading concepts, right? Especially corners. If you're in cover three or cover two or cover four, and you're reading two to one, two goes away. One turns into essentially man coverage. It felt like they were kind of seeing that a little late. Weren't even anticipating that. A lot with D'Amador Lenore. A lot with Ambry Thomas early in that game. But later in the game, they started being more aggressive. You started seeing a lot more press coverage. And D'Amador Lenore got an interception off of press. I thought that was really good squeezing that route, undercutting it, and then coming up with a big interception and a clutch opportunity. So uh, there was a lot of bad early on. I thought the second half adjustments from Steve Wilkes was terrific. And ultimately, I think that pressure that he at least gave the look of helped the back-end guys down the stretch of that game. And Kyle, after the game, did say that they needed to clean some some things up in into those in those coverages. And uh, I, I do think the pass rush had something to do with it. It was the one sack, and that was on a Fred Warner blitz, a beautifully timed blitz. Uh, and that was the only sack the the Forty Nine ers got. And they got some other pressures, some other pushes. Um, Bosa did get there, but you know you could tell Bosa's huffing and puffing these last few games. Like he's he's still getting to that that game shape, and and. Um, even early in the games, though, I would, I would like a little bit more from from some 49ers up front. There was that, there was the uh, the Hargrave play. It was like I think it might have been the first play of the game where he almost took the handoff from Stafford. <laughs> uh, but then that was kind of like you know the, the, there was not a lot of defensive linemen in the backfield. So you know, good on the Rams for for blocking it up. But that that is something that kind of like if you're side eyeing the 49ers right now, it's like okay, well, you know where, where's that pressure going to come from? Because the more you bring pressure. 
against good quarterbacks. That gives, uh, you know, that means there's less guys in coverage and, and gives an opportunity to, to make big plays. But uh, the Niners were good on the back end, not giving up those big plays, at least, even though, you know, 55 pass attempts, 34 completions for Stafford, 15 of those on 20 targets. Crock the Puka Nakua, 15 catches for 147 yards. Um, one of the things I saw with this, it's kind of, you kind of saw it last week. And, you know, looking back at the 49ers season last year, too, especially after Christian McCaffrey showed up, I think one of the things that's so important in the league right now is having multiple players that can that can win and make plays. And Christian McCaffrey just adds one more element. And you have Debo that can win. You have Ayuk that can win. You have George Kittle that can win. And it's just too much for a team to account for. And you, you see the Rams on offense and, you know, they're just, they're trying to chuck it all over the place. And Puka Nakua is catching 15 passes, but it's like, you know, getting a little bit after the catch, a, a really good player. I like what I see from him. Like he's legit. He's the real deal. If you put number 10 on his back, I would have thought that was Cooper cup. Like I would have been like, yep, Cooper cup, another great game, great player. You know um, he fits what McVay wants to do. Stafford's finding him when he's finding those open spots. Um, but they just, they have a lack of, you know, Kyron Williams is not going to scare you Two two at wills fast, but you know, he's not making any, really big plays out there. So they just lack what the 49ers have on offense, which is multiple ways to beat you and guys that can win on their own. See, Tutu had those explosive plays last week. Mm -hmm. This week, and maybe it is with the 49ers playing a little softer on the outside, they limited the explosive ability of Tutu Will. So I don't know if maybe that's what their plan was, where it's like, look, this guy, Puka, can catch 15 passes, but we're going to make those 15 passes be seven-yard gains, eight-yard gains. We're going to keep them from really kind of exposing us vertically down the field. We'll keep those in, in in play, rally down, make tackles. Now, is that what they were trying to do? I don't know. And I know when you're watching it, it could get a little frustrated, especially seeing, what, 34 completions, as you just alluded to. That, that's a ton, right? 34 of them, 15 to one guy. But got to give a lot of love to Puka because I saw a guy who – really was on the same page as his quarterback, which you don't see a lot of times from young receivers. Matter of fact, we saw Tutu Atwell where it ended up resulting in a throwaway, as we talked about, and uh, uh, not a throwaway, but intentional grounding, where Tutu stopped. They wanted him to turn and go up, and he didn't do it. He just stayed. So I guess he didn't get the second part of that call, which it probably would have worked because there was no one behind him. But usually – that's more of what you see from young receivers, still working to get on the same page as their quarterback. Puka looks like a, a veteran out there. The way he was settling in soft spots, soft areas, he ran hard. I thought he was you know, physical after the catch. And I saw someone in the chat say he looked like a 49ers receiver. I, I, I agree. Oh, yeah. You know, Kyle Shanahan throwing the ball 20 times in the game? <laughs> probably not. <laughs> he, he probably have two targets on the 49ers. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he he he'd be behind some dudes right now on the 49ers, but yeah, he he looked like a guy that could fit right in with what the what the 49ers do. Uh we got to give out some game balls, Croc. So let's do that next our game balls from this week 2 win for the 49ers over the Rams next. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number 1 sports book because right now new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet and it's no matter what that first bet is if it wins or loses on that $5 bet you get 200 in bonus bets for new customers that's $200 in bonus bets win or lose to bet on whatever you want spreads player props over unders tons more build your own parlays at FanDuel 
And the app is super easy to use. I love the website. Uh, you find all of the wide ranging options of betting on not only NFL football, but you know baseball and basketball and hockey when those are in season and even snooker. Uh, you can bet on just about anything, motorsports, uh, you know, combat sports as well, of course. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than football season. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. I want to go here. This is a great stat, by the way. Uh, so Aaron Donald has not had a sack against the 49ers since November of 2020. And we talk a lot about Daniel Brunskill doing great jobs in the past on on Aaron Donald. But I thought the 49ers O-line, which was one of the worries coming into this game, they created a lot of space, especially on that left side for Christian McCaffrey in the run game early. And they did a really good job. Um, you know, Hoyt got in there a few times. Donald, you know, was around the ball, but but never never really had any big plays that hurt the 49ers. So I, I want to give a game ball to the 49ers offensive line because it was one of the maligned aspects of the team coming off that week one win and i and i thought they they settled down and played a, a pretty good game did aaron donald play today <laughs> he's <laughs> out there man i saw i, I, I saw him one time too game. like kind of like throwing his arms up and down so i saw him like i don't know if he was hyping up the crowd because it really was like an all 49er crowd i actually don't know what he was doing to be honest you would have thought that daniel brunsko was out there maybe uh spencer burford put a daniel brunsko like mask on like you know i you know i mean i'm scared of michael myers you know, Michael Myers got his mask, and I think like maybe Spencer Burford was like, "Let me put on this Michael on this uh, Daniel Brunskill mask, and then go up against Aaron Donald." Because I didn't know this Aaron Donald at all in the game. Outside of, I think it was a play early on, and the 49ers ended up having to call a timeout. Outside of that, I literally did not notice him, and I'm not even trying to be funny. So I don't know what the 49ers do to contain him. I don't know if it's something with the scheme, or whatever it is, or maybe it's just the offensive line on a majority of the downs did a really good job of protecting the quarterback outside of, I think there maybe was like one sack um, a couple times where they kind of got close to Purdy, but overall, I mean, they've kept them fairly clean over the first couple of weeks. So uh, shout out to the offensive line. They definitely did get deserve a game ball because Aaron Donald is a guy who can wreck a game. And we just saw last week, what happened? Aaron, uh, not Aaron Donald, excuse me, uh, TJ Watt, three sacks, two forced fumbles. I mean, if that happens in this game, that would have been a game ender for the 49ers. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, shout out to the offensive line. About Isaiah Oliver. By the way, Ambry Thomas, I don't think, is going to get that job back. We saw him out there at the beginning of the game this week, and the Rams went after number 20. Wherever number 20 was, they were going after him early. And then suddenly he was off the field, and Demo was back outside, and then Isaiah Oliver was in the nickel. And he did get the interception. That was tipped, but he still, he still pulled it in. So it was a nice play by... By Oliver, but the other bad two guys, that, that's what that, we call that. We call that bad money. Bad money, yeah. <laughs> so, so it's like a it's like a play where you're able to kind of receive the benefits of it, but you didn't necessarily do something to put yourself. I don't want to say didn't put himself in position to make the play. He just kind of played it so safe, so soft that when it went off a guy's chest and bounced five yards behind him, you ended up being there to be able to pick the ball off. Now he did a great job of capitalizing on it. Uh, one-handed interception, pulling it in, clutch opportunity, clutch time. That was great. That was awesome. But you you got to say thank you to Kyron Williams for yeah. the drop. Yeah, for the drop there. Uh, but the two even bigger plays that he actually did make was a third down stop uh, against Kyron Williams when he was trying to get to the corner, trying to get to the first down marker. Great hit, great tackle. It was one-on-one. -on -one. He was the only guy there. 
flew in, made the play, and then on the uh, was it a third or uh, yeah third down play, or was it a fourth down play? Really late in the game, right before the two minute warning, uh, flew in, made another play on on Stafford, and um, yeah, so a really good game for Isaiah Oliver. And I don't, I don't know if we're going to see much more flip flopping. I think Oliver's in this slot, and Diamador Lenore's on the outside. Yeah, if we had a an award for the opposite of a game ball, all right. So you know, a lot of times people go winners losers. The loser in this situation would definitely be Emory Thomas. He's a guy that got demoted at halftime, week one. And then week two, you get hurt. And then, you know, uh, you see Isaiah Oliver come in and, and he plays well, right? And that's what the 49ers are looking for. Then on the outside, Diamondo Lenore gets an interception. So I think it's going to be hard for Emory Thomas to find himself back on the field. I was wondering this week, like, okay, who's going to start? And clearly we saw, okay, hey, Emory Thomas, you're going to be back out there. And I will say his swag was a little bit more improved. So I did like that part about it, Amber Thomas. But the game still looked the same. Giving up the underneath stuff, uh, completing passes on him. The next thing you know, he's not in there because of an injury, we think. Right? Because last week, that was an injury. <laughs> and then next thing you know, it's like, oh, no, nah, he just wasn't playing well. This week, we'll see what it, the issues were. But if I had to guess, regardless of the injury, uh, if that did happen, I think he kind of would have found himself out of the game regardless. And Isaiah Oliver in there, and he capitalized on it on a, a, a great opportunity for him. Uh, by the way, a few people have asked in the chat what happened to Ayuk. Kyle, after the game, said it was a shoulder injury, but obviously he was able to come back in and play and fight through it. So it's good on Ayuk, who clearly wasn't 100% after that uh, injury early, but it was nice to see him able to come back out there and play. So it's something to monitor. Again, short week. Uh, it's going to be tough to, to bounce back for some of these guys, especially if you, you got banged up in this game. So certainly one to monitor. Uh, any other game balls for you, Crop? Uh, let's see. Um, did I say Steve Wilkes for the second half adjustments? Yes, I did throw him out there. Uh, Jake Moody, Money Moody. And we usually save kind of the, the special teams kicking stuff for our guy Nick Winkler on that day. And he does the witch, uh, wish watch and everything. But Jake Moody, three for three, 100% on extra points. Uh, bang through a 57-yard kick. I mean, this is a guy who, again, I was one on this show who said, dude, you got to bring back. Uh, uh, Robbie Gold, by any means, he I, I can count on him more than anyone else. He's never missed a postseason kick. He's been excellent. He's done all this, that, and the other. I can count on him, maybe more so than anyone else stepping on that field. You know, and I had that much like love for and admiration for what Robbie Gold brought to this team. And in the preseason, when we saw this rookie kicker out there that you drafted in the third round, and we talked about it, only one kicker over the last ten years has signed a second contract with the team that drafted him. You know, as far as kickers go. So you're worried about that. Then he comes out. He's missing kicks. Misses an extra point in the next game. And it's like, golly. I don't know about that. And then he gets hurt. He's having a hamstring injury. Like, oh, man. Then the regular season starts. He's like, don't worry, Croc. Don't worry, Peacock. I got you. Yeah. 100% so far. Uh, again, the 57-yarder, boom, bang through easily. Yeah. All right. Uh, he's, look, he's, got, you, he's in his groove. I can't remember the last time the 49ers had a kicker. You're like, oh, yeah, he might be able to hit one that's over 55 yards. <laughs> uh, Sly, Joey Sly, when he was, uh, when he filled in for Robbie Gold for a few few weeks. Beta Sheets in the chat, chat says, uh, if Moody doesn't miss this season, will Peacock finally admit that it was a worthwhile pick? If he goes 100%, I, I'll admit that. But again, that it, we're, we're uh, I, I like to scout the process and not the results. So um, yeah, I, I would advise other teams not to be spending third round picks on, on uh, kickers, even if this works out for the 49ers with Moody. And he's looked really good. I mean, he did shank that kickoff out of bounds, which is kind of weird. But if he's making all the field goals, then it's okay. 
Uh, how about Debo game ball? Debo got the touchdown. The highlight play of the game was his touchdown catch and run. And, uh, you know, just looking like classic Debo. And I love the usage, you know, a handful of carries, you know, six receptions. He touched the ball 11 times, five, five carries, six catches, you know, a lot of them short, but, you know, get, got to get Debo going. And, uh, obviously one of the biggest plays of the game was his touchdown. So, uh, it gets everything too when, when Debo makes a play like that. I love the usage in the sense of just, I know when you get the ball in his hands, good things more than likely are going to happen. All right. Cause that's just what Debo does. He's a star. I would like to, if, if he's going to have five carries or however many carries he had, then Elijah Mitchell better have five carries too. Right. So don't, don't just be giving him all these carries just to give him carries. And you didn't give any to Elijah Mitchell because the one thing we don't want is I don't want Debo getting hurt. So, if he is going to get five carries because you want to mix him into the – okay, cool. But Elijah Mitchell better have got some carries as well. If and Elijah Mitchell – if you tell me he's getting zero carries, like then there's no – I don't I don't necessarily care for Debo having that many carries without Mitchell touching the ball because, again, I'm looking for this team to be healthy down the stretch. And the more you get carries in that backfield, the more you just open your – open up the opportunity. I mean, running backs, they get hurt. And everybody knows that. So that's the one thing I would be worried about. And, and a lot of the Debo carries, quote unquote, are, you know, screen passes. So he's getting tackled by a DB and not, you know, in the backfield, true carries where you're getting sandwiched between a, a D lineman and a linebacker. Uh, and, and those take their toll even even more. So uh, but still, you know, players get hit a lot. You tend to get hurt a lot. Um, I got one more. How about this one? And this is for one specific thing. Kyle Shanahan going for the touchdown at the end of the half on fourth down. I almost fell out of my seat. I could not believe it. Aggressive Kyle showing up, and uh, it was a perfect move, and it worked. And uh, I, I would, I would have guessed, I would have put my more on my mortgage that he was kicking a field goal there. Last week, he <clears throat> excuse me, he went for it on fourth down. I was excited about that. I don't think we touched on it too much. Uh, this week, he actually, when they thought it was fourth and two on the Brandon Ayuk throw. He was keeping the offense out there. They were going to go for it on fourth down. They reviewed it, and then they, okay, we have to kick the field goal. But he has been more aggressive, and this is what we've been asking for. Like, hey, man, like, you're supposed to be this offensive genius. You know, like, why do you lean so much on the defense to win you games? And how much of a difference was that decision, right, to go for it? Obviously, you get it, but if you take three there, I think that changes the entire dynamic of the second half as opposed to going for it and then how the snowball in a positive way of you going for it, like what that did for your team, the momentum, then, you know, you get a stop, then you come back out, then you score points. Like it made a huge difference in the game because of that decision. And that's all we've been asking for. And we said that's what's going to be the difference between this team winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, quarterback has something to do with it. Quarterback might have something to do with why he's making those decisions to be more aggressive now, right? I mean, last week he threw it to, I want to say it was George Kittle out the backfield on fourth down. And maybe he's like, you know what? I really trust Brock Purdy more than any of the other quarterbacks I've had, at least to execute the play call. So that could be part of it. But you're going to need that in the postseason. And I love what I'm seeing from him early on with that aspect of it. Although Jimmy always was good at those uh, those quarterback sneaks. Right. I mean, just to, like, yeah. But, again, I, I talked about Jacksonville Jaguars. It's fourth and two. You had a 20-play drive. And it's like, nope, I'm not going to – go for it against the Jaguars on the opening drive on a 20-play drop. I'm going to kick a field goal. 
Like, did that have a lot to do with who was that quarterback? He waited until he was up to do those things with Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Now he's like, no, I'm going to be – we're, we're, we're down? We're down? I'm not going down. I'm not going to have time down 10 to 17. Let's go, Brock. Put the team on your back, son. <laughs> and he did it. <laughs> Great win for the 49ers, 30-23 over the Los Angeles Rams. Croc and I will – be re-watching it and breaking the game down further. And, of course, it's a quick turnaround. We got to get ready for Thursday night football. Niners playing in four days primetime against the New York Giants. And, of course, Croc and I will have it covered for you every single day right here on Lockdown 49ers. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. And Croc and I back tomorrow right here, Lockdown 49ers.